Economic News on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. Let's talk about the Federal Reserve's decision to keep those interest rates on hold. Yes, Sakina, I mean, it is obviously one of the most anticipated decisions of uh, 2017 is the pace of which uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve is going to be increasing interest rates. There's obviously been a lot of talk about it, and as the U.S. economy starts to recover and we start to see good numbers coming out in terms of uh, the unemployment rate, in terms of GDP expansion, in terms of PMI, in terms of uh, factory output, in terms of uh, consumer confidence, in terms of retail uh, retail expenditure, um, you know, and in terms of inflation starting to tick up back towards the 2% level, the expectation from global uh, investors is that we're going to start to see a tightening of uh, interest rates within the U.S., perhaps possibly three interest rate hikes this year, pushing the uh, Fed funds rate up to between uh, 150 to 1.75%. Um, you know, but it, it, it's going to be interesting to see um, how, when the Federal Reserve decides to do that. And, uh, you know, I think for the time being, they decided, well, there's still too much uncertainty out there in markets. Um, you know, they still want to see uh, what ex- the extent to which, um, you know, Donald Trump's fiscal, exp- fiscal expansion package is rolled out and what impact that has, one, on inflation and two, on economic growth. Um, you know, there still uh, isn't much, uh, much strategy or much flesh around the bones um, around, that, uh, around that fiscal expenditure, expenditure plan. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve, I suspect, Sakina, is going to start coming under some pressure, uh, possibly not by the March meeting, but possibly by the June uh, FOMC meeting, uh, to start talking or perhaps start increasing interest rates, uh, given that inflation is now edging up toward that 2% level. And if we do see the massive massive fiscal package being announced by uh, President Donald Trump, and if we start to see uh, corporates in the U.S. starting to repatriate a significant amount of cash held offshore uh, back to the United States because of favorable tax treatment and the deployment of that cash back into the U.S. economy, um, you know, that might uh, further escalate inflation and start to stimulate growth even further and, 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 and perhaps uh, uh, force the Federal Reserve's hand into increasing interest rates. But at the end of the day, Sakina, all this news is good news because at the end of the day, a bumper U.S. economy means that uh, companies are going to generate earnings growth. It means that uh, the U.S. is going to be importing more goods from the rest of the world, which is going to drag up global economic growth, um, and it means that sentiment within the U.S. financial markets and sentiment within the U.S. economy is going to continuously improve, which bodes well for global financial assets. So, um, quite frankly, an increase in interest rates, Sakina, uh, will be welcomed by the markets, and not only because it's indicative of a stronger U.S. economy, but also because we're going to start to see the normalization of capital allocation decisions uh, globally, which uh, you know will be a relief for many investors. Uh, given this era of lo- lower for longer for, 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 for way too long now um, and very perverse capital allocation decisions on the back of that uh, decision. And uh, Nadir, uh, there's also been a flurry of corporate bonds this year. Let's talk about that. Well, Sakina, you know, I just mentioned it about the perverse capital allocation decisions, and one of the impacts of this is that, uh, you know, we've seen uh, corporates worldwide and governments worldwide rushing to the bond market to raise debts because money is so cheap, because interest rates have been kept so low. Um, you know, and I think uh, corporates and, and governments, for that matter, are, in fact, uh, you know, trying to take one last, uh, 
advantage of the low interest rate environment before the Federal Reserve starts increasing interest rates. And we've seen a massive amount of bond issuance uh, for the month of January. In fact, somewhere in the region of about $600 billion. Um, and that's the fastest rate of uh, bond issuance uh, for, for the month of January since 2013. So there really is a rush at the gate uh, before the increasing interest rates for corporates to tap the bond markets cheaply globally. Um, and in fact, we saw the largest corporate bond issuance ever, which wasn't used to finance a takeover uh, happening in January. And that was a $17 billion corporate bond issuance by Microsoft. Um, you know, and they, well, they're basically using that corporate bond issuance to buy back shares and for general corporate expenditure, you know, which gives you an indication of just how cheap money is, Sakina, that, uh, you know, companies can, in fact, borrow money just to buy back their own shares. And, 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 and uh, you know, I think those are some of the perverse capital allocation decisions that many market participants and fundamental investors are going to be glad to see the back of, um, you know, in an era where, uh, you know, you, 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 the companies essentially need a, a required rate of return um, in order to, in, well, required rate of return on their investments uh, that's above some zero hurdle rates, which is what we currently see uh, as a result of interest rates being so low. And in that environment, companies are almost forced to invest cash on their balance sheets and generate some sort of earnings growth, which is what the market is really starting to look for. So the stars are really aligning uh, for companies to have a much better earnings performance this year, uh, particularly if the Federal Reserve starts pushing up interest rates. Nadir, and uh, just very briefly, China's January PMI numbers? Yeah, Sakina, I mean, it's surprising on the upside. Uh, you know, we saw a PMI, manufacturing PMI coming in at 51.4 index points. Um, that's certainly very encouraging. And, and the services PMI or non-manufacturing PMI coming in at 54.5 index points. So we see the non-manufacturing part of the Chinese economy continuing to roar ahead. And we know that, uh, you know, that's a deliberate plan by the government of China uh, to try and stimulate that part of the economy. I think very importantly, though, there's been a lot of market focus on what's been happening in the manufacturing PMI, and that's certainly holding very steady and, in fact, continuing to expand, which means that, you know, we can expect Chinese economic growth to hold steady at around about, uh, you know, the 65 to 7% level for the foreseeable future. And why that's important, Sakina, is that they obviously still demand a significant portion of the world's resources. So for a country like South Africa, um, you know, we hope that Chinese commodity demand is not going to completely fall off a cliff just yet um, and you know they're going to continue to push out economic growth numbers in the region of six and a half to seven percent so they're not going to be a massive drag on global economic growth so for the time being still some encouraging numbers coming out of China um, and we're seeing the markets holding stable on the back of that although Chinese markets closed uh, we see broadly speaking commodity markets and emerging markets uh, equity markets uh, holding quite steady on the back of that Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on.